Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Homeschooling is causing a huge amount of problems for people at the moment. How are you coping? Now, in a recent survey conducted by an online, online by ADHD Ireland, the national charity supporting parents of children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, over three quarters of respondents, 77%, uh, were parents of children with ADHD. And the respondents claim that homeschooling is uh, providing or proving uh, the most challenging change brought on by the current COVID-19 crisis. And this was followed closely by managing their child's screen time, which is ranked as the second most challenging aspect for uh, Parents, and I think everybody knows about that. Get off your PlayStation! Uh, and now I'm going to speak to the uh, to ADHD Ireland in a second about their survey. Uh, but before I do that, I want to ask you how you're coping with homeschooling. How are you getting on with the kids? Are they sticking to the guidelines? Are the teachers sending them stuff? Are they busy? Are they treating it like a school day? I know somebody, for example, that gets her classroom stuff, but I think Google Classroom or something like that, and there's a schedule on it, and it even tells them when they're to take their lunch break, and then they go back and do their essay or whatever it is, so they're sticking rigidly to their school day. Day, almost almost putting on their uniform as well, dying to get back to school. But how are you coping as a parent? Because you've now become the school teacher as well. And that could be even more challenging, of course, if your child has special needs. Ken Kilbride joins me. He's the chief executive of ADHD Ireland. Ken, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Lyle. How are you? Very challenging for everybody, but even more challenging for a parent who, with a child with autism or ADHD or whatever uh, you know special needs they happen to have. Yeah. Very difficult. Well, obviously, there's a huge overlap between the conditions of uh, autism and ADHD, yes, uh, particularly Asperger's. So, um, it, you know, we're not, not saying I'm speaking for autism, but, um, you know, there is that huge overlap there. For, um, and, you know, what we're showing, you know, from our survey, and it was a very, you know, uh, well-engaged survey. There's 430 responses. So it would be what they call scientifically robust in terms of the sample size. Um, you know, uh, between more and most challenging, 85% of respondents said that they found the homeschooling the most difficult part. Right. Um, and again, within that, you know, um, we also, there was another insight, just you got 300 uh, verbal responses, you know, to these types of questions. Um, and at least half the people are saying, you know, that um, homeschooling is really, really difficult. But the other thing we find is, you know, with this lack of structure around the day, getting the kids to go back to school whenever they do go back to school, that's going to be challenging for us as well. Yeah, I mean, their sleep patterns have been upset because yep. kids are staying up later. Uh, I know, well, my, my kids are a lot older. My youngest is 18 years of age. She's doing her leaving cert next year. But I do find that she's staying up till 2 in the morning and staying in bed till 10, 11 the next morning. So, and, and it's very hard for you to turn around and say, you know, go to bed. You can't say go to bed to an 18-year-old anyway, you know. But yep. in saying that, it, their patterns have just been completely upset. But what is it in particular, I suppose, with ADHD, where you've got a child who finds it difficult to concentrate, what is it in particular that those parents are finding difficult? Is it actually getting them to do the work? It's providing the structure. Um, one of the things about ADHD, ADHD itself as a condition is very genetic. There's a very high genetic component to it. Um, and research would show that, you know, that about 70 to 90% of ADHD would, have, would be genetic. And that, what that means is, you know, that if you have a child with ADHD, it's more than likely one of the parents also has ADHD. Or a learning difficulty of some description. Or, or some description, yes. yeah, absolutely. Um, and the thing is, they may well not be diagnosed. So they're finding, they're trying to cope with a child who has ADHD, um, and they're having all these difficulties on top of it as well. So we always say to parents, you know, that your job as a parent is to provide the structure, or we would call scaffolding, to help the child. And so the times you talk about, you know, is putting in behavioural things like, you know, routine, 
um, and things like that to help the child. But when you have difficulty with yourself, that and your world's been t- turned upside down as well, it becomes doubly difficult. And so, you know, we were talking about the things like the screen time there, you know, um, and, you know, up to 80 percent are having a difficulty with that. Um, and, you know, that causes difficulty for children with ADHD because um, what they're doing then is, you know, children with ADHD find, you know, social interaction difficult in the first place. And um, so now they're spending extra time on things. So that's, you know, mm-hmm. um, causing yeah. poor social skills. Um, then one of the things about ADHD as a condition is there's something called hyperfocus, which is the ability to, to latch onto something and pay attention to that. Um, and, you know, AD, or sorry, video games can be very engaging, which means, you know, people with ADHD can focus on these things, lose lots of time, and the internal controls go. And one thing you mentioned there earlier, and this is what happens is, uh, people with ADHD have difficulty around sleep anyway. Um, so then when you tr- take out the lack of structure, throw in the video games, particularly for children, then you have a serious problem. And what about the relationship the parents is having with the child? Because, and this goes for all children, but, but particularly children, say, that might have difficulties, learning difficulties, or, or a more challenging behaviour. I mean, yeah. I suppose that relationship with the parents, there was a time where, you know, you packed the child off at half past eight to school, you were kind of rid of them to the straight o'clock. And I don't mean that in a bad sense, but it gave you a break. It gave you a break. Yeah, it gave you a break as a parent as well, if, particularly if you're a stay-at-home parent. But now you're cooped up, you know, and you could be in a small two-bedroom apartment or something like that yeah. with a child who's challenging at the best of times. And, and that relationship then between you and your child can be quite challenging. Absolutely. We asked a couple of specific questions on that exact point. And so one of them was, you know, my child was bouncing off the walls before and it's now much worse due to the restrictions on movement. So that was 45% of people saying, you know, that the hyperactivity within those limits of the house has now got worse. Um, there's about 60,000 children in Ireland who would meet the criteria for an ADHD diagnosis. So you're looking at 30,000 families there. Yeah. You know, it's not a small amount of people we're talking about here. We're talking about 30,000 families here are now finding that more difficult. But on the plus side, um, you know, school is a difficult environment for children with ADHD anyway. So, you know, um, you know 61% are, you know, in terms of the other side of saying they find more quality time with their children. And the absence of school pressures was 52%. Um, and, you know, 68% were saying they find, you know, less stressful morning and evening, which is a bit of getting the kid out of school, getting them back in from school. So, but at so least in school, they're it. reasonably well, be- well, most of the time, they're reasonably well behaved because it's a different yeah. environment, as you rightly said. And they have the, a, a trained person who's to, trained to teach children. They also might have an SNA or a shared SNA if they have yeah. special needs. So at least they have all those facilities to them. And children tend to be better behaved in school because there's more Absolutely. authority there. Whereas with the parents, I know a lot of kids who are angels in school, who are brilliant in school, and they come home and make life hell for their parents. So <laughs> what I'm saying is children do tend to behave differently in school but now they're in your setting and you're now the teacher and you're not trained to be a teacher. You know, so it can be really challenging, I imagine, for most, for every parent, not just those of ADHD children, by the way, for every parent. Okay, and absolutely. I mean, we would find, like, you know, not just, uh, say, in COVID times, you know, before that, um, one of the big things about it is, you know, that um, children with ADHD, and particularly girls with ADHD, particularly in primary school... Is it more prevalent uh, in boys than it is in girls, by the way? No. Okay, no, I just, I'm just wondering, because I, I, you well, tend actually, to hear about it more in boys than girls. Yeah. But. What you find is... I thought testosterone may have an effect on that in somehow. Maybe I'm just... um, There's a little saying, um, girls um, cover it up. They do a lot of social camouflaging where the boys tend to have more hyperactivity. Right, okay. So the peak age for getting a diagnosis is about 8 to 12. Okay. Um, So the girls are covering it up and they don't get seen because they have the inattentive. Uh, The boys are bouncing off the walls, to be honest. 
Okay. Um, and teacher <laughs> goes, you know, let's go and have a chat about this. Right, okay. Okay, so it manifests just differently in boys and girls. Okay, all right, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but look, I, I wish all those parents the best. I, you know, I'm sure like everybody else, you're hoping for some good news in, in, in the coming weeks in relation to getting them back to school, even if it's a couple of days a week, uh, you know, to get some sort of structure back in their life again. Yeah. I'm sure all your members oh, feel indeed. the same way, yeah. Listen, thank you very much indeed. Uh, and I appreciate, appreciate your time, Thanks. Ken Kilbride, who's the Chief Executive of ADHD Ireland. And indeed, if you have a child with ADHD and you need any advice, I'm sure that the people to turn to. Uh, Joe, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Joe? Hi. Hi, How Joe. Are you? Now, Joe, you have a child with special needs. What, what's wrong with your little lad again? What's, what is... my, na- my little lad's name is Danny. And... He has ADHD, autism, uh, uh, and a metabolic disorder that combine have um, learning disabilities. Right. My son, uh, and he's extremely anxious, so my son is actually living the dream. He doesn't have to do any transitions. Transitions are very hard for him. Even if he's just from home to the school bus, yep. that's easy enough to set him off. Right. Um, so <laughs> every time my son wakes in the morning, he asks me, Mommy, no bus. <laughs> oh. And I'm just like, no. Then he's, okay. So he's delighted with himself. He's delighted. But, but how, look, we have obviously his academic ability is limited yeah. at the moment, okay? And maybe mm-hmm. hopefully in time that will get better. But in saying that, how are you finding it as a mother who is now a teacher as well as a parent? How are you finding that, trying to get through to him, getting him to concentrate on his schoolwork, trying to Listen, keep some sort of schedule? I, I go as he wants to. I don't force him. Because with him, there's no point in forcing him. The more I force him, the more oppositional he becomes. So has he got opposite, oppositional defiance disorder or something? Yeah. Like? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think most so, children. I think most children have a level of that. To be honest with you, but go on. Yeah. Yeah. But those these are more way more severe than. Yeah. So I have to always find a way around him. But in the first is he weeks, is he that bad that you would say the sky is blue and he would say no it's black? So is he that yeah. bad? Yeah. Okay, all right, okay. Yes. <laughs> if I tell him, like, there's glass there, don't go there because you can hurt yourself. He will. That's the only thing he wants to do. Oh, okay, all right. Don't press the red button. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. No, I, I, I get it. And, and that can be very challenging as a parent, of course, it as well. Is. And, and have you found, is there anything that you've found that seems to work? What about rewards? You know, no, have you, do rewards re- usually don't work for children like mine because they don't care about those things. They don't have that... Their brain, their joy doesn't come from that. If I told my son that I would give him his iPad, if he did that for me, my son will look at me and just like, yeah, and turn around and okay, go so do he doesn't care. Else. No, and, and do you find care. well? Then do you find then that you're just kind of giving in for a peaceful life at the moment? No, no. I've been lucky because his teacher and his SNA are in contact with me. Yeah, uh, they've been in contact with me through email. Um, and I have tools at home to do things with him, and I have a sensory room at home that I built for my son. Um, so I do as you go. What's a sensory room now? A sensory room is, like for my son, is a place where I have mirrors, where I have lights, it's very calming, has a place for that it can sit up, it can relax. So it's comfortable, can, yes, and it's it peaceful. Is. Yeah. 
peaceful, not many things around because... Okay, because you don't want distractions, of course. No, no. And it takes medication and it it does really help. And what what is he taking, Ritalin? No, he takes uh, Tyvent. He's a kind of, it's not Ritalin. He didn't Ritalin okay, didn't suit him. And what, uh, what effect? So, what? How often does he take that? Once a day, is it? It's once a day, and, every and, morning. And what would I mean? What effect does that have on him? And what would happen if he didn't take it? Oh, uh, it has the effect on him. He's like he's able to focus. He calms down. He's able to control his impulses. So he's not, like, he's not because I've heard other parents saying that sometimes their child looks a little bit zoned out almost no, on the no, medication. No, not at all. Okay. No, my son doesn't look zoned out at all. He's the same kid, but just with able to control okay. the impulses that he couldn't before. Uh, so he's able to focus a, a little more. Can I ask you, Joe, sorry for interrupting yeah. you, but does it concern you, you that your child is on medication, which is a psychotropic medication? Does it, does that concern you that at a young age, because we hear, you know, there's been, Louis Thoreau did a great documentary about medicating America, and mm-hmm. he talked about young children being on medication and Ritalin from the age of four and five years of age. There was one family, actually, the dog was on Ritalin. <laughs> Don't even ask me. But anyway, but he was saying that the concern is, is that as they get older, and I don't know what the scientific basis mm-hmm. for this is, that those children then want to replace that with something else, you know, as they get older and, you know, and that they don't ever come away from it because obviously it helps them. Um, <laughs> and, and that, you know, it can be replaced with other drugs as they get older. Does that concern you? No. Uh, I've come from a family of nurses that dealt with medication before mm-hmm. and I, I see it this way. Some babies are born, are born and they need medication so they can survive. My son has a chemical imbalance. His brain is not like most brains. And he needs those chemicals to help him focus. Okay. To help him feel normal. Put it that way. Okay, well, whatever normal is. Yeah, well, it is. Everybody, normal is, everybody's normal is different, isn't it? What is normal? To be so honest I, why, if other people, like, if you have a heart problem, and you need to take medication. Are you not going to take it? Just because it's medication. I know it's for people, some people, it's, oh, because my, it, no, it's just a child. But if that medicine helps your child. And makes his life easier. And yeah. makes it life, his life easier. Like, I've seen the difference for my son. He's been on it now, uh, it's going to be almost two years. And if he doesn't take that, is he bouncing off walls? Oh, it he doesn't even want to go there. He okay. has oh, no control over his impulses. He wants to destroy everything, break everything. He, can, he can't help it. He no, no, no. No, 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 I appreciate that. I do be. Okay, but get, let me get back to the challenge of education. Because stay there with me if you can, Joe. Because Peter, you're, on, Peter, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Peter? How's it going, Noel? Uh, well, you've heard Joe there. And obviously with a child with special needs, it can be a lot more difficult. But children in general can be difficult. You have an army of them there, Peter. So <laughs> how are you getting on? Well, I'm Grant, but before we start, I just want to say that you made me famous. I did. You did. I was before this all kicked off with the COVID. I was training the kids in the park. I, I managed a football team, and I was walking out of the park, and some woman says to me, "Are you Peter?" And I says, "No," <laughs> <laughs> because because that's not your real name. Because for obvious, we don't use your real name. You prefer not yeah. to. Okay, that's fair and, enough. So yeah, I heard that voice. I'm talking to the lads. So I said, "Yeah, I am Peter." So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so somebody recognised your voice and knew who you were. Yeah, someone called me Peter in the middle of a, a training session with children. Yeah. 
Oh, there you well, you're, well, you're famous now, Peter. <laughs> well, and by the way, in case people are curious, the reason from the very start when you come on the show and you talked about obviously your drug addiction when you were younger and all your personal business and stuff, that's why you decided to assume yeah. a different name because you just obviously don't want people talking, yeah, yeah and thinking bad about you or think are judging you in some way. So, anyway. I did have, I had, a, I had a caller on a couple of years ago, used to always use a different name. And then yeah. eventually they decided to go to by their real name. But I, I got to the point where I couldn't call them by their real name. I was so used to calling them by the their, their <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not going to call you out and put Peter at this stage. Yeah. But Peter, okay, how, how are you finding the challenge of teaching your children at home? In all honesty, uh, there's not much teaching going on. Maybe an hour a day they'll read a book or uh, do some sort of skill work. But... Uh, I have a seven-year-old and an eleven-year-old, and as you know, I have greyhounds. So, like in in the morning, we'll get up, breakfast, and watch a bit of telly, and then we'll go out on a on a I drive to somewhere that's within two kilometres, where there's nobody around, and we go on a walk. We walk about, I put it on the phone, uh, 1.5 miles with the dogs. Yep. And then we'd come home, have dinner, and that, and then go out in the evening, play a bit of football when there's no one around. And I'm finding it's all right, to be honest with you. And what about the um, children's education? There doesn't seem to be any, You haven't told me about anything about the children's education. Are they getting work from school? By email or by... Yeah, but I don't see the, the point in it, in, in all honesty. Uh, like, they, they'll be back in school when it's time and they'll, they'll learn what they have to learn. There's things that school can teach. Uh, good manners. Yeah, there's, I would agree. Morals. There's, there's a lot of stuff. That staying at home and being around parents and going on walks and nature and trees and boards and bees and whatever. There's a lot more can be taught uh, living everyday life than there can be in, in a classroom. Yeah, but, but academia is also important as well. It is important. Oh, I understand that, yeah. Uh, but in the same sense, that an hour a day, I think, is enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they do eventually go back to school, they'll, they'll have that. Okay. It's like a long summer holiday for them at the minute. And so you're you're not forcing them to do any academic work or educational work at the moment. Just you're basically, you're just, I suppose, using this time to make them appreciate life. Sorry, Joe. What are you saying? I was talking to my son. He just went to his sensory room and he wants his lights on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. By the way, Joe, what do you think of what Peter's doing? He's not actually teaching his children at the moment. Well, he is teaching them to appreciate the world around them. But can I be honest? I think he's doing a great job. This is a time, it's an extreme time for everyone. Everyone reacts to things differently. And I think it's wrong to put so much pressure into parents that sometimes don't have the capacity or the mental focus to teach their kids because they're not teachers. Yeah, but, yeah, but they weren't teachers 60 years ago and they used to have the hedge schools all around the country, you know. I'm just saying, we're cable. We're not thick. I mean, yeah, I, 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 don't get me wrong, Peter. I don't know if my children were very young. I don't know how I would cope. But I, I, I felt I was good enough at helping them when they were very young. Now I don't help them as much now. I don't have to. But when they were doing their homework and stuff like that, I could help them. I felt I was educated enough to help them. Yeah, well, in saying that, like my son was already like he's only he's only gone eleven, and he was already he's already been to college. You know, he was picked out of his class to, to, to go to college and he, um, he had the brain of a 13-year-old at 10. He'd done a test on him and all. And so he's accelerating. Yeah, he's, he's, he's doing really well as it is. But he's... he's, he, he's okay, the, so he's 11. 
So he's, he's going already to... done a veterinary course in in uh, DCU. So <laughs> <laughs> I think he could teach me a lot more academically than I can teach him because I dropped out at, before my junior cert. So he's eleven. So he'd be going to uh, secondary school this year or big school as they call it. He, he's it's the the corona came in the day before he's supposed to make his confirmation. He's supposed to be going from. Uh, sixth class into secondary school. Yeah. So it's a, it's a major time in his life, a major turning point in his life that he, he's missed out on as well. And he's worried about not being able to say goodbye to his friends that was sixth class, or is he going to be going into fourth class when this comes, when school comes back? You know. And then my daughter was due to do a communion this year as well. And did he do an entrance? You know, they normally they do an entrance exam for the secondary school. Did he have to do an entrance exam? Yeah, and he hasn't done it yet. All right, so, so, so oh yeah, because nobody would have done those yet because they're normally done around May or so, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's okay. he's, got, he's got a big point in his life where if this is the you can move on and uh, you go to secondary school and it's a yeah, it's funny. Nobody knows what's going on. We can't even contact the schools to find out. You know, can I get my kid into the school? Or you know, so nobody yeah. knows what. Nobody has a clue what's going on at the moment. It's all a mess, really, isn't it? Into the school and all like he's accepted into a secondary school, but as I said, he he hasn't sat no exam. Hasn't been told if he's going to go into secondary school when it's mm. September or they'll go back into school. So, Well, listen, do me a favor. Stay there with us, Peter, actually, uh, if you can. Uh, loads and loads of texts, by the way, coming in. Somebody says, no, I'm not a teacher and I'm not expected to be a teacher. I agree with Peter completely. Just use this as a bit of time out to appreciate the world around us. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number's 087 That's 087 You can WhatsApp or text. And I just want to know how you're coping with being a school teacher at home with your kids. Jane, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Jane? Hi, how are you? Good. Jane, are you, you're trying to teach kids with special needs and it's kind of nigh on impossible, is it? Oh, yeah. Well, we're not. We're just managing. It just, you couldn't, there's no way the structure they have in school and, you know, they have demanded, like, Sam would be one-on-one. He's got um, autism and an intellectual disability, so he... Right, okay. So it's difficult. His comprehension would be very poor and, like, he gets OT, speech, um, orthotics, physio, behaviour... And then teacher and SNA in school. So yeah, so there's a lot of people combined yeah. to deal with them in school, and yeah. you're and you're there in your own mind. You, yeah. I suppose that we are their parents. We should know better, but it is very difficult. Yeah. It can be extremely well, what do, challenging. I think what you do as a parent is just basically manage the behaviours. You know that way. Like it's very hard to to teach him in particular because he's, he associates school with a certain thing and then home with a certain thing. And when you try to switch that around, he doesn't want to know like you know that way he knows yeah. that school is where he does something home is where he does another thing and I see this is what I said earlier on to the guy from ADHD <laughs> Ireland see there's a lot of kids and they go into school and I don't know what it is but I think it's the authority of school makes them behave a little bit better but when they come home to you they feel they can do what they want because you're the parents and you'll take yeah. it off them and, yeah. and that's that's the tough part you know <laughs> sometimes it's like being in an abusive relationship you know that way you love, the, you yeah. love this person so much but like yeah. they're, just, they're, just, they're just taking 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 and do you find your relationship to... now with with Sam, is it is that being affected by the fact that you don't have time away from him? And I don't mean that in a bad way, but do you understand what I'm saying? When you have a child, and most people will, re- will understand this, that you're kind of happy to see them go to school for a while. Like, just, yeah, like even just things like I can't put the washing machine on when he's there. I can't hoover. I can't have any loud noises on because he hates all that. If somebody's cutting the grass in the estate, he's absolutely losing his reason banging his head off the window, screaming. He hates that noise. Like, even though we have ear defenders on him, like, there's literally, it's all about just, man- we're just managing. And no, it doesn't really, like, yes, obviously, I feel like I'm going to 
like go mental sometimes, but you just have to swallow it and just push on because mm. you have no choice. It's different if you're in a situation where you could, you could, there's nothing you can do. You just have to try and, if you can make them as happy as possible, then their behaviour will be. So is it that most parents in your situation, do you think, are probably just letting it slide and probably just saying, look, let's treat this as a holiday. Let's just get through this as, you know, as quickly as we possibly can. And sure, look, once I can keep them calm, it doesn't matter if I'm not educating them too much, but once I can keep them calm, you know, everything will be grand. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. I don't even know if anyone thinks. I say every parent, and particularly with children who are not that I'm dismissing other parents of different types of children, but particularly children who are profoundly affected. I say they're just trying to get through each day. Just get through each day, yeah. Yeah, and not even thinking about anything else because well, I said the regressions and the behaviours and children go back to school and everything. You know that way it's going to be horrendous. Well, see, see like, now, now is the time way. we appreciate school teachers a little bit more, I suppose. <laughs> oh but yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, well, actually, speaking of which, stay there, Jane, for a second. We might get some advice here. Graham, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Graham? Did you just say you appreciate school teachers? I didn't Matt? say that at all. You said that you're delusional. <laughs> <laughs> I've slagged you for the last three years. I'm not going to stop, Graham. I know. I enjoy the holiday, Graham. I'm, yeah. not, I, I'm not going to stop. Not, not taking it personally or seriously. Um, Graham, look, I mean, Jane is very stereotypical of most parents around the country, particularly those with children with special needs. Getting through it is just the hard part. And they need help because, you know, when the child is in the school setting and you're there, you're trained to deal with it. You've dealt with these things every single day of the week. And then you have an SNA as well. And then the child sees you as an authority figure too. So it's a different setting. Ch- child is at home, it's very difficult. It's a completely different relationship. And obviously, the parental relationship is far more important. Yeah. But it is a different, like I've had instances of going back. Uh, I remember, no, not a serious thing. But I remember um, a student of mine, uh, they wouldn't get their hair cut for love and money. Parents that's that were fine. literally trying for over a year. They just would, and it was getting long. And I'm, no, I know she was long hair. I haven't got any. I'd appreciate some of it, but um, they just wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't. Eventually, came in, asked me to ask me to sit down with the student and, and get them to get their hair cut. It was a five minute chat. Right. Okay. So, so the child did it for you, but wouldn't do it for their parents. It's nothing, to, yeah. it's nothing to do with me as a person or anything. No, but like no, that. it's just that you're authority. That's yeah, and they, they felt your authority. Yeah. yeah okay. And, awesome. and I, as far as I remember, Graham, you do look, deal with children with special needs, don't you? Uh, I run three ASD special classes in a secondary school. Okay. Yeah. So, what advice right. would you give to Jane at the moment and Joe, who was on earlier on, where just getting through the day with a child with special needs can be difficult? It can. No, obviously that varies. Family situation, so it's not yeah. that applies to everything. Um, I've plenty of students who are working away hard, some not so much. And to be honest, academic work is second, unless you're doing state exams and aiming for big points and all that kind of stuff, which is a whole other conversation. Um, school work is secondary. Yeah. Completely. No, so would you agree with what Peter routine? said earlier on? Peter said he has a seven-year-old and 11-year-old and something else, but he basically said he's just using this time to get them to appreciate the world around them. And look, there's absolute benefits to that. What if, if you can, and the school is providing, which they should be, obviously, um, is there any harm in getting a bit of um, work done as well? Mm-hmm. No, but that's not going to suit everybody's circumstance. Um, so, uh, again, is it the priority? For me personally, like I said, no, I, only have, I have two boys, but I only have one at school going age and he's in junior infants. Is it a priority? Absolutely not, and I'm a teacher. Yeah. 
So do I, do if parents are not getting much work from the school, which some parents are not, some well, schools are really good. That is a separate good. issue, and they yeah. absolutely should. Be. Okay, well, some teachers are better than others. Let's be clear about that. And some schools are better than others, right? That practice. And some radio presenters. Absolutely, I like that <laughs> little take there, Graham. But I like that. Okay, <laughs> you're welcome. Pat Kenny's not a bad presenter, in fairness to him. Okay, <laughs> but in saying that, so should they then design some work themselves if they feel they're not getting enough or suitable work from the school? Should they try and design a bit of work themselves? Personally, if they don't think they're getting enough, I would get onto the school and ask for it. Mm-hmm. Um, if they feel the need and they want to and they think it's a benefit to their children, sure, no harm. I mean, do I come up with bits and pieces we go off and do ourselves? Of course I do. But again, it's part of my job, but I mean, I'm not doing anything massively complicated. Or anything. Yeah. But I, again, schools should be providing it. But the school, provide, especially in primary context, or, um, students with, uh, with uh, special education needs where maybe um, there may be more important things going on, that the school because are providing it on the provider that look, here is the work. If in your own personal circumstances and your child's need, this is what needs to be done. And if it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done. It's not, you know, we're not going to be running around no. chasing afterwards going, why didn't that get done? Is ja- well, well, hang on, because Jane, are you, are you getting work from the school? For oh, yeah. yeah. And we're trying to do the odd Zoom class. But I mean, you're talking about children who are profoundly set in need. I mean, we might get a, two, we might get a, a Zoom class of singing, singing the morning song or how are you today? Like Sam is nine, but he's intellectually probably like three, you know, that way, maybe a bit and younger. Will, will he sit somewhere. in front of the screen even for the Zoom class for yeah, five minutes? Yeah, well, like, for like for five minutes he will, Jen, then he's, he's fine bored. and finished and bye. <laughs> he's bored, but then I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I, I have things to do. I have a parent to annoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm going to go and make a mess here. Like this. He just has to be monitored all the time and he doesn't care whether, you see, particularly I think with um, autism, they don't, they don't really care whether you're proud of them for doing work you know that kind of way. I know. Yeah. It doesn't. That's not in their. I know. Radar. I know. And it's for people about... who don't have children with special needs, that's very hard to understand. But I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't have the same social skills either, and they don't have the same. So they don't understand social cues. So they don't understand when you're frustrated or pissed off. <laughs> anyway, but I want to go. Say there, please, Graham, because I want to go to Lee as well. Uh, is it Lee or Leah? Oh, no, Sorry, Leah. Yeah. Lee, yeah. How are you doing, Leah? Are you finding it difficult, Leah? Oh yes, very very difficult. I have two children with extra needs at home. Right. Uh, one with autism and one with learning difficulties. Oh, right. That's and very stressful, to, so. Yeah, but trying to even get them to do their homework and concentrate long enough is very hard. And there's the amount of homework. Mm. We spend most of our day doing homework. We're not getting much of And have you a whole new appreciation for school teachers now? Oh, I can't <laughs> wait for them to go back. Like, I'm still working myself, so it's not much. You know, things, I know the situation out there is, like, it's, so it's all like busy and that, yeah. but I'm I'm still working and my partner's still working we're still working away so at home it hasn't changed too much other than we can't go anywhere and we can't go to the parks and stuff but both of us are still working and then we have the school work on top of that right okay as well so that's a difficult thing to structure isn't it I mean I, I don't know Graeme are you still there Graeme do, um, you, um, yeah, do you think that the schools should be more conscious I, I know one person for example old child who's getting I think she's on Google Classroom maybe I'm wrong if that's not the name of it but anyway she's getting stuff and they're literally putting down you know up in the morning at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock take your lunch break at 11 and they're giving them stuff in between and then they have to present it or send it back in before this time And so it's very structured whereas I see other kids just getting an email with do an essay on this you know what I mean so it's there seems to be very different across the board. There's very different things being done for, for parents. 
Yeah, well, I have heard the same thing, and obviously there should be some continuity between that. Now, obviously, if you're talking between primary school-age children, someone looking at their leaving cert, anybody in between, it varies. Um, I know the work that has been sent home for ourselves, unless we're particularly talking exam classes or something that needs to be done project-wise or that kind of thing, then it's being aimed at, look, here is the work. Mm-hmm. We, if you can get it done, great. If you can't get it done, we understand. Yeah. Um, it, it's not like every bit of this has to be done. Now, again... What that's been said, like I've had a couple of students, obviously teach students with autism special needs, where there's been um, anxiety-related issues in relation to COVID and other things, and I've been asked the parents and then just get look, it's just not possible for to get it, for them to get it done, and these particular students aren't um, in exam years or anything like that, so we're fine, no problem. Yeah, I understand that. I'm very quickly because Christina, you have a question for Graham there, have you, Christina? Yes, I have. Thank you. Go ahead, Christina. Hi, Graham. Um, oh, yeah. I have a son with autism. Now he's five. He'll be six in December. Yeah. Actually, I'll just take you off this here. And we, he likes the screens, he likes the phones, he likes, you know, the TV. And yeah, we're coming. You know, I, I know I probably get hammered out for saying this now, but I do give him the street. The last few weeks, I'm like, okay, he's sitting on the screen for an hour, and I'm, I'm feeling really bad um, about him being on the screens, but I find it very difficult to take him off and do one-to-one with him. Hmm. Um, that's a, that's a, that's, I tell you, that's every every parent of the country is probably going to ask you the same question because we're all uh, kind of yeah, using the screens to occupy their minds at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be. An, to be no, perfectly yes, honest, my two, my two kids are in watching the TV right now because yeah. uh, I'm getting lunch ready. Um, again, if it's for an hour, personally speaking, just as a parent teacher out of it, I wouldn't see the harm. Um, but again, you see, without knowing an individual child or circumstance, it's very hard to kind of give advice or suggestions and obviously it's um, secondary school age uh, students I work with. Sorry but, Chris, can I, if I could ask Christine, the child that she's had with special needs, is it mild to, uh, special, uh, uh, learning difficulty or is it, is it, how bad is the special needs? It's, is she gone? Oh, she's gone there. Okay, sorry. Well, we'll just take it that it's mild anyway or moderate yeah. as they call um, it. Would you, like, depending on the student, um, something like setting out a, and their, their age, setting out a timetable at home, now I, you do, you know, Bright color, you know, like bright color. In, bring in their own um, things they like. Yeah. yeah. So we are going to do fifteen minutes of something you might not. We generally sandwich. Start off with something you like. Okay, now we're going to do this thing you might not be a super big fan of. But as soon as we're finished that, we're moving on to something you like again. Yeah. All um, right. And that'll give them some ownership of it, so that again, that depends on the age and the accountability, uh, so that you get to choose when you're doing. So this thing, you do, if you're doing four things, you don't like two of them, right? So do you want to start off with a nice thing or do you want to get the things you don't like out of the way? And generally, once students got a bit of ownership and feels like they're the one deciding how their day is, to a degree, is structured, you might get a bit more buy-in. Right, I get you. Or, I you, get might, you. or you might not, and the TV might I, be well, That's what I'm saying. Like my, that plan might go down the drain. But do me a favor, actually, stay there, Graham, because loads of people actually have questions for you. Um, if you want to ask Graham a question, you can. He is a school teacher, and he also does deal with children with special needs as well. Obviously, he has a bit of spare time in his hands now, like he usually does as a school teacher anyway. Uh, sorry, I had to get to dig in there because he did get it into me. Um, so if you want to ask him a question, you can, because I know it's a difficult time for parents, not just children with special needs, but all children, by the way. It's a very difficult time to try, and I suppose you know, marry the two things and you're in lockdown, you're with your kids and how do you educate them? Okay, let me go. Sorry, I have Christine back again. Sorry, Christine. I know, I don't know whether you heard the answer uh, that Graham gave you there just before the break in relation to how you actually get them off the screen. Are you feeling guilty because they're on the screens, Christina? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, 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 I have a seven-year-old as well with a possible um, ADHD 
and I they're both kind of very very busy. I, I just to add to it, we don't have a garden, um, and the parks obviously the playgrounds are closed. He doesn't really understand why the playgrounds are closed. No, um, I, of course I he can't doesn't. explain it to him. Um, so but that must be very difficult. So you're living in an apartment, I assume, yeah. Yes, yes. And that must be really difficult. You must be going out of your mind. I do. I actually have to come into like the living area and the kitchen area and lock the door because I'm on the top floor and we have sash windows. Now, we do have adjusters on them. Um, it's just, probably a matter of time for he figures out how they work because he's very, very quick and very, very clever. But, um, yeah, so I'm kind of... And I'm assuming you're bringing them out for a walk and... Oh, yes, I mean, go on the scooters and we, we have a nice estate. We, we, we do do a lot of that, but um, there is only so much you can do. Of course, yeah. Sometimes he doesn't want to go out. And I don't know how we're going to go back to school. Um, I, I, put, I put a bag, a school bag, with some bits and pieces in it to bring to the park. And he thought he was going to school. And oh, he's like, oh, no, I'm not going back. I know, I know there's kids out there. I mean, I don't think I've ever come across a generation of children who actually want to go to school. <laughs> and, uh, I think, um, Graham, are you finding that amongst your own students, by the way, who are contacting you, that they're all dying to get back to school again? Uh, that varies. Yeah, because I think children do <laughs> like, they do like schedules, you know. Are happy out at home. Um, but are, are there those who, the lack of routine and predictability and stuff like that that they're missing, and just missing their friends, and to a maybe tiny degree, missing myself and my colleagues. Uh, yeah. Yes. But again, that, that isn't a blanket everybody kind of thing, even, within, even with students with autism. There are students with autism who are happy out at home. And when they get a phone call from me later, because they're going to be getting one today if anyone's listening, uh, <laughs> if they're listening, um, they might say, right, so great, and it'll be okay. Yeah, we're fine, go away. Yeah. Um, they'd be more polite than that, <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's what it would amount to. Right, okay. Um, so yeah, it varies person to person. I, I, I think, by the way, I, I, Christina, in relation to the work they're getting from school, is, is the work they're getting from school, is it, is it any good? I mean, or is it just quite limited? It is. Um, now, Tara and Max, they're both in different schools and they're at different levels. So um, Max's school has been very good. He's in a special preschool, um, an ASD preschool. So there's only six, well, there's five children in at the moment. And she, we're on class dojo. Okay. To, to do that. And we're on, I think, seesaw class. I'm familiar with the seesaw and, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's quite overwhelming. I'm not trained, really. I've done a lot of courses, but... Um, like that, he's so happy on the phone. Really, truly, I'm trying to find even good apps for him to play because it's the screen time that he wants. If I try to sit him down with colours and a jigsaw, he has to be in the mood. Yeah, he OK. Really, so is there, so I wonder, is there any good apps? I mean, uh, I've heard of Seesaw is the one they use for communication with the school, of Google Classroom is another one they're using at the moment. Graeme, what are all the, 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 they're all using different programmes, it seems, different schools, aren't they? Uh, different schools at different levels, and like I said, I've been very clear, I'm no expert at any of them. Right. <laughs> um, uh, like I said, I'm, even this week now, like I said, some of the um, students I work with, are um, they're getting phone, phone calls from SNA staff um, right. who work in our school. Uh, and just, is there again, any apps And not right? academic stuff, just like how are you doing, kind of, you have a bit of a chat kind of thing. Is there any apps but, that you know, would normally recommend to you know, children with special needs? I'm afraid I'm a lot in that regard. I'm right, not going to okay. pretend I have expertise where I don't. I had a great book for my daughter, and my daughter has dyspraxia, but when she was younger, uh, there was a great, I think it was called TikTok, as far as I remember, something like that, that because I know there's Yeah, that's app something out. different now, now. No, 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 I know there's an app <laughs> called TikTok nowadays. No, but I think this book, I, I remember this, this book, I'm trying to remember the name of it, I'm going to try and find out for you tomorrow, and I'll, I'll, I'll write it down, because it was, I found it brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. We even brought her on holidays with us because she really wanted to learn. Uh, she really enjoyed it. 
and it was you kind of do two pages every day uh, over the course of six months and it was an absolutely brilliant book for any child with special needs you know and it really worked really 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 did work it really helped her an awful lot but look Graeme thank you very much and Christine I hope you don't I hope you don't go into your mind there in the apartment alright <laughs> because I'm sure most parents are losing the will to live at the moment <laughs> yeah you know? we're all in the same storm I think can you go into a bedroom and you just lock the door for five minutes <laughs> and then just scream at the top of your voice that's a really good thing to do wouldn't it every now and again <laughs> do they sleep much but I know they have special needs and I know people with, our children with special needs have bad sleep patterns do they sleep anyway Christina they do and, and we have melatonin for Max okay so it puts them asleep right keep so you asleep. do get a bit of Netflix time to yourself we <laughs> do Good. Yeah, we do. We do. Because okay. I, I think that's, look, I think what's really, really important at the moment, and I know parents are stressing themselves out over the schoolwork, you know, depending on the child, look, if they're not doing their leaving cert or junior cert, it's not a big deal, right? I mean, if you can get them to do it, get them to do it. If you can't, as Peter said earlier on, try and do something else to occupy their minds. And I wouldn't feel guilty, Christina, about the being on screen time at the moment. Now, don't get me wrong, when all this is over, I'll be on the air giving out about parents who allow their children on, on iPads. <laughs> but at the moment, I can completely understand because really what else have they to do at the moment there's not much else you know what I mean years ago children would have read books I suppose nowadays technology has taken over from that in some sense but reading books is good too but you know what I mean yeah Tara is quite she she, she reads a lot she has all the David Williams yeah great books yeah the whole lot before they're locked down so she's busy which is good Um, but uh, yeah we're getting there anyway we're getting there but thanks for taking the call okay and uh, thank Graham too all right listen thank you very much and have a good day Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.